You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Guys, good morning. Um, we're delighted you're here. If uh, if you were here last week, you might remember that little story I shared about windscreen wipers. Uh, don't worry if you weren't. Here. I just I just wanted to remind some of you of it. Though. I just want to pray for some of you before I even start, because if 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 you have if you are and you will encounter something in the presence of God and see breakthrough in your life, you will be resisted. And some of you, I can just sense it even this morning, physically, emotionally. You've been resisted. So let me just pray for you, if that's you. Father God, I pray, Spirit of God, fall on us this morning. Some of us, you just your mind is being distracted by circumstances and dynamics and relationships. I just want to pray, if that's you this morning, that something would just break right now. Spirit of God, you are the God of truth and you are the God of freedom. Breathe it over us, Lord. Set us free. That we might be postured and positioned for all that you want to do that we might be free to encounter you and free to be drawn into the full life that you have for us. Come, Spirit of God, we welcome you. Lord, there's a, as we sang this morning, there's a grace in saying yes, and we say yes to you. Come, Lord. Amen. I, I want to um, continue a series I started last week called Investing. And as ever, if you've, if you've missed part of it, I'd encourage you to catch up. One week may make more sense in the, in the light of the other. So last week, we looked at investing with vision. And this week, we're going to look at investing and not on our terms. And before we, we jump into that, I just want to share really honestly with you that I found this week really hard. Um, I had what I would now use the language of like a sustained heartache that led me through just a range of emotions. And I went through sadness and I went through uh, probably on the back of that a frustration and probably on the back of that a confusion and probably on the back of that a bewilderment. And all of that, I, I think, as I make sense of it, was kind of part of a grieving process and I, I just wanted to share really honestly with you that and also why and this may be not news to some of you but it was certainly news to me that I discovered that the the RDI the recommended daily intake for mini eggs um, what, what did you think some of you think I was going to share but the, the the RDI for mini eggs is nine some of you aren't shocked by that at all. I was like, nine? I, I spent time considering if they actually meant, is that like one mouthful or is that per day? And um, honestly, I don't know if that's even possible because just in those little mini bags, you get nine or around that. I've never actually counted them. But uh, I told the kids and they equally stood in disbelief with me. They're like, no, no. And um, I, I just... If you just go through a few of the eating options for mini eggs, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I sometimes kind of ponder how you do it because how, how, how do you actually eat them? Have you ever thought about that? Do you like, do you suck the shell 
to, to like dissolve it and then you get to the chocolate or do you crack the shell gently to then get to the chocolate or do you just do the age-old traditional where you just kind of eat it in one you might consider that the normal approach uh, or, or do you go for like the three or four at once is that I, I think a, a load of you were sitting all those yeah there's a three or four at once person at the back there um, there I think the, the four obvious ones then you can get into slight more complexities of like do you like chuck it in the air and try and catch it in your mouth or um, do, you, do you do like the the slightly more at once. I don't want to give you a number because you're kind of hitting your RDI. But whichever way you do it, whether it's one of those four or some of the other options, you've kind of already surpassed your nine. And then you have to go through the process like I did this week of like, are we under grace or are we under law? Like, am I going to stick to this regulation or I'm going to sense a freedom here? Do we actually mean nine? Who of you are rule keepers and who of you are slightly more you know, like lawbreaker kind of spirits? And so... I don't know if you've noticed as well, but the shops have gone early on this thing. Like, they've really gone particularly early. They were in the shops before Christmas, I noticed, and I hunted a few down. And um, some of the retailers, I don't know why they're doing this, but because they've gone early, they're already discounting them. So you can get the one kilogram bags, like, on discount. And actually, one of you shared that with me, which caused me more problems this week. And... Um, <laughs> So anyway, I don't want to go too far, but the nine allocation means that by Easter Sunday, I worked it out, you could have 162 if you're a rule keeper. And uh, if someone was sentenced in, under Jewish law to 40 lashes, they'd only get, actually give you 39 because of a miscount. So should we be counting eight or is it actually nine? I've, I've gone through all the... Now, some of you are thinking, well, that's, that's, that's too high. Some are thinking too low. Most of you are thinking, like, Paul, shut up. We need to move on. What is going on here? <laughs> But 162, that's not even enough for one an hour if you have a 12-hour day. Paul, move on. Okay, we're going to move on. But th this is kind of my point because there is a point. You'll be glad to know. Don't you love things on your terms? Because I do. I was gobsmacked. Nine. Can't I decide? Who gets to tell me? How we love to have the final say and how we love to be in control how we love to have things our way. Nobody gets to tell me what the RDI of a mini-egg is. That's my decision. And even if they do tell me, I'm not going to listen to that. What do they know? Do you, do you have that kind of thinking that starts to creep in because it's rife in our culture? Subconsciously or consciously, we want things on our terms. Our rest... Nobody gets to tell me how to rest. No one gets to tell me how hard I should work. Nobody gets to tell me what I should do with my time or what I shouldn't do with my time. No one gets to tell me how my sexuality should be. It's my body. No one gets to tell me how much I should drink. That's my decision. No one gets to tell me how to parent. I've read the book, I've read a blog, I know some gurus. No one gets to tell me that's gossip. What do you mean that's gossip? It's just prayer points. You don't get to tell me that's gossip. No one gets to tell me I'm covering up sin because actually I was just tired and I was hungry and I was lonely and I was angry. I don't know if you've ever put those together, I think I've said it before, but there's an acronym there of HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You're in trouble. The red flag is waving when those things are colliding. We can't just manage sin. We've got to 
deal with sin, but who even gets to tell me that sin? Because you don't get to tell me that. Because I want it on my terms. Have you ever found that? That we want it on our terms. Let me just read 1 Corinthians 3, starting in verse 4. It says this. When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you just acting like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are both and sorry, and you are God's field, you are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I've laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. No one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have in Christ Jesus. A few verses before that passage, starting in verse 1, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world, as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. Paul was calling some things out. Jealousy was rife in the Corinthian church. There was arguments happening among themselves. Love had been exchanged for competition. And people's unique contributions weren't acknowledged because it had almost become, I'm going to stand on you to get to where I want to be or where I think I should be. And as a result, these little cliques were emerging. I follow Paul. Well, I follow Apollos. And Paul's kind of saying to them, guys, stop behaving like children. I want the toy. It's my toy. It's my turn to go on the little trike. And if I don't get it, I'm going to stamp my feet. Oh, I'm not playing with you. You're not coming to my party. And then we make that like childish language, but so often it ripples into our hearts. And without the central focus of Jesus and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, this stuff so easily starts to happen. James says it like this. Let me read it to you. James says in uh, James 3 verse 14, but if you're bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth, the truth with boasting and lying for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will also find disorder and every kind of evil. Paul, I think, hits it pretty hard. He hits it pretty straight on. In verse 5, he says, after all, who's Apollos? Who's Paul? He tries to diffuse this personality element that started to come into play. And then I love what he does in the next bit. He says, after all, who is Apollos? Who's Paul? We are only God's servants. We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. If there's kind of a 
take home today is probably this. We're only God's servants. If you're the kind of person that like highlights or rings something in your Bible or writes something down and sticks it on your fridge, if there's one phrase or sentence that I think is the take-home, it's this, we're only God's servants. If ever you were to find a verse that is an absolute leveler, it's probably that. We're only God's servants. When we invest, we don't invest on our terms, we invest on his terms. We aren't in it for what we could get or what we can gain. We're in it for him and him alone because we're only his servants. Honestly, I found it so helpful so many times. Oh, they didn't appreciate me. They didn't acknowledge me. They didn't give me what I deserve or what I thought I deserved. Well, I wasn't actually doing it for them. I wasn't doing it to get anything out of it or anything back from it or to appease anything in me or to settle something in me or to meet a relational or spiritual need in me because it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't and it was never meant to be and never will be on my terms because it's on his terms because I'm just a servant of God. When we realign ourselves with that perspective, it's so free. And after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. I, w- I want to say to you, when we invest, which is what this series is about, don't, don't do it for me. Don't do it for your small group leader. Don't do it for somebody else. Do it for Jesus. And then, of course, because you're doing it for Jesus, you do do it for your small group leader or the other person because you want to serve them, you want to love them, you want to encourage them, you want to infirm them, not because you get something back, but because you're serving Christ and you're serving Christ alone by serving them. You are serving him and you are seeing them through his eyes so you don't then lack motivation and it doesn't get twisted and you don't get bruised when it doesn't work out as you expected because it never was for you it was never about you and it was never on your terms it was purely and simply for him and him alone investing is serving and we're called to serve him to see it to model it and to do it and so when, 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 you, when you think or when you get in danger of thinking or when your mind takes you to the place, I gave everything and they gave nothing to me. You kind of come back to the fact that, so? Because it was never about you. You were just serving him and they, they took what I gave and they changed it and they didn't even seem grateful Well, you you come back to, well, so? Because it was never about you, because you were just serving. And they took more than I intended, and it cost me so much. And it's so painful, but then you come back to, so, but we we were just serving. And I gave so much, and no one realized or even realized or acknowledged it. And you come back to, so, we were just serving. And I don't say that flippantly or lightly or dismissively, but I think when we realign it, we're just serving because we're just servants of Jesus. You were pleasing and you were a pleasure to your heavenly Father. And if you want acknowledgement and affirmation, surely that's the only place we want to find it and that's the only place we want to look for it because then we start to move into doing the Father's bidding 
We do what he wants us to do his way with his heart and with his attitude. And it's him that aligns us and our responsibilities. And that should make a difference, I think, not just in here, but out there. When your boss just throws it back in your face. When, when, when your employer misunderstands your heart and your motives. When your wider family member is literally draining the life out of you. And it's just for you to give, 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 give. Ever found that over the Christmas period you feel like you're just giving and you're getting nothing back? You, you, you're serving Jesus. You don't work for them. You work for him. It's not about being seen or in being impressive to them. It's about laying it down and serving him. And just because we're, we're serving him, and although I know you know this, I just kind of I want to make it clear that we don't just somehow float around on these little clouds of like angelic segues. That's how I was envisioning it this week. The the kind of the, the the segue cloud. Let me just serve you for for no return. And oh yes, please come on, throw it back in my face. That doesn't affect me in any way at all. Well, it does, but nobody has said it would be easy. Because serving him doesn't make it easy. Actually, serving him is really hard. And often, it's really costly. Serving him cost him everything. It led him to the cross. Matthew 26, verse 39. He went on a little further and he bowed his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Even when it's hard, we have to actively choose the way of the Father. Have you ever wondered what is ahead for you in life? Well, Jesus knew what was ahead for him in this moment, and he knew that it would be pain, and yet he chose it. The following part of the passage, verse 40, he returned to the disciples and he found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and he prayed, my father, if this cup can be taken away unless I drink it, but your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. We have to ready ourselves to invest. I don't want to be someone who's found sleeping, excuse the pun. But I think it's so easy to do. Often in a time and season in life where many around us, in many spheres, in many walks of life, as Sue's just prayed, kind of in worship, people seem to be losing their heads. And yet this is a moment for us to stand up, to be counted, to invest and to serve. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 5, after all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. A question I kind of want to ask you this morning is this. Are you doing the work because the Lord has given us a work? This isn't a time to be caught sleeping. Your contribution is unique and it is needed for the work because we're a body. And with a body, there's many parts. But without all of the parts playing their part, we can't function in the way that we've been called to be verse 5 each of us did the lord's work each of us did the work the lord gave us i planted the seed in your heart and apollos watered it it's not one or the other it's one and the other 
It's no good one of them planting where the other can't water, and it's no good watering where the seed hasn't been planted. I don't know if you've ever done gardening with, with, with young children. It's, it's kind of um, it's hilarious, if I'm honest with you, if, if you choose to see it that way. But mo- most of the things that you're trying to plant get dug up, and most of the things that you're trying to dig up get planted. And regardless, everything is going to get watered significantly <laughs> to the point of flooding. And uh, then when it comes to the point where you're like, we actually need to crack on and do the thing that we set out to do, well, that's the point that they're done and ready to go in for ice cream, and you're left to tidy up and actually do the thing and sort out the mess. So I think you have to choose it for it to be hilarious but working together requires a high degree of flexibility and grace and love and commitment and perseverance and resolve and 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 because we're serving but we're not serving on our terms and so it's costly And so we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. Verse 5, I planted the seed in your hearts, Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. Both the seed and the watering are important, but it's only God that makes it grow. That's kind of easy to gloss over, but it's, it's really a big deal because it's not on our terms, but often we want it on our terms, don't we? I, I did that. I made that happen. I'm important to that. I need a bit of credit for that. I need the acknowledgement for that. And the, the stuff starts to go wrong when we make it or it becomes about us or it fulfills us or it meets a need in us because actually it's designed in a way that it's got nothing to do with us because we're just servants doing and being faithful to the thing that he's put in our hand, investing what he's given us because it's his And it's him that makes it grow, not us. Both the one that plants and the one that waters are completely dependent on God and on each other, but on God. And we're dependent on God. Verse 7, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. And we have to work, I think, maybe it's just me, but we have to work jolly hard to lay it down. Because so often and so easily, it does become a thing where we think, well, I'm important to this. I'm the planter. You're just the waterer. You wouldn't get to water it if I didn't plant it. Put it just for a moment Put it, put it in your own life. Put it in the context of the church. I'm the worship leader. Praise God, I'm not. I'm, 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 the, I'm the small group leader. I'm, I'm, I'm the welcome coordinator. I'm the encourager. I'm the fun one. I'm the one you need to know. Oh, they are the... I'm just the... Have you ever done all of that? Put it, put it in the workplace. I'm the CEO. I'm a big deal. I'm the senior analyst. Oh, I'm just the bottom of the ladder. I'm the one who does the job that. 
I kind of want to say to you, none of it is about that. None of it is about security or identity or significance. All of it is about faithfully serving and investing and, and what is currently put in your hand, having an attitude of openness and service and seeking to make it and keep it about him. And whenever and wherever anyone or anything tries to make it about us, to get it off and to run from it as hard and as far as possible because he is the source and only he makes it grow and he makes it grow a lot easier and a lot quicker when we make it and we place the focus of it on him. Verse 8, the one who plants and the ones who water work together with the same purpose. Work together with the same purpose. If you are plowing your own furlough, my best advice to you is, is don't because we're meant to do it together. We often try and do stuff alone, and then it becomes about us because we find our security and our identity and our self-worth in it. But we're called to work together with the same purpose. And when we, when we get that, we start to raise and we start to release and start to invest in others because we aren't looking for the credit. We're not looking to have it to be our time. We're looking to give it away and to be faithful stewards of the thing that he's put in our hands. I love this phrase, and I don't mean it to be patronizing. I just personally love it. I once heard it said, you've got to let the kids get out of the car seat. You know, we have to believe in others. We have to raise others, to risk on others, to invest in others, to call others into fullness, to champion others, to work together for the same purpose. Verse 8, the one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. You won't be rewarded for trying to do or trying to be somebody else you won't be rewarded for trying to do what is supposed to be in somebody else's hand you won't be rewarded for trying to compare or trying to compromise you will be rewarded for faithfully running in your lane stewarding what he's put in your hand and you will be rewarded for hard work can i just highlight the word hard work the the, the second kind of phrase if we were to highlight anything in the bible or circle it or ring it is kind of this is hard work if if you're finding yourself thinking man alive this is costing me i am exhausted this is taking it out of me serving the city serving the church serving at work serve 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 i know it's hard work in a season of unemployment and the shift of identity or the season of being a new parent or the season of being a student and balancing the many different things coming at you, it doesn't really actually matter what season you're in or the place that you find yourself. We work it all out by seeking to serve and knowing that serving is not about us, it's about him and actually it's hard work. I'm not disappointed or frustrated or drained by that. I know it is and I knew it would be when I signed up to it. Verse 9, for we're both God's workers, you're God's field, you are God's building. Equal in sight and equal in value. It's so important we understand that. You are equal in sight and equal in value. So we don't have to strive, we don't have to compare, we don't have to fight, we don't have to squabble, we don't have to be arrogant, we don't equally have to have a low self-esteem 
but we just need to serve and to work hard and know that one day we will be rewarded for it. Last week, I kind of shared the phrase that the pay is the same. Honestly, the pay is the same. Serving and a servant heart and a servant-hearted attitude is absolutely crucial to that. Luke 22, verse 26, among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. Guys, among us, it should be and it will be different. Verse Paul saw, verse 4, Paul says, when one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow upon us, aren't you acting just like the people of the world? That's what the passage says. We don't act like the people of the world because among us, it should be different. But I, I know the workplace, I know the culture, I know the leadership development, I know the CPD, I know the school gate, I know the work canteen, I know sometimes your upbringing, I know the expectations sometimes of your parents, I know the jobs you've maybe done and the roles you've had. I know sometimes some of you will have been bullied, whatever it is you could kind of put it into this. And I know that some of those things and many more will have had an impact on your life and the way you see this. If you were the one that didn't fit in or the one that wasn't chosen, I know that many of those things and many more will feed into and fuel sometimes thinking otherwise. But Jesus says this, he says, among you, it will be different if you haven't felt good enough or wanted or equally if you felt too good actually sometimes that can fluff us up it can be a bit too much for us jesus says those of you who are greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant who is more important the one who sits at the table or the one who serves the one who sits at the table of course but not here for i am among you as one who serves it's not about trying to fight for this seat at the table to get your feet under the table. It's about rolling our sleeves up, sticking an apron on, getting hold of a bowl of water and starting to wash somebody else's feet. In a time of my rights, my position, my title, about you, you rock up to work tomorrow and rather than that, you just find a way to wash somebody else's feet I'm not saying you don't already but I think this passage this chapter what we're trying to press into is almost just encouraging you to understand it more so and live it out more so because among us it'll be different because Jesus is different and he shows us a better way and whilst he is unchanging yesterday today and forever I'm not because I need to be changed. I'm grateful he's unchanging, but I need to be changed. I need to be different to who I was yesterday, different again today and different tomorrow because he's changing me, shaping me, molding me, informing me into all that I could be. And we have to seek it, we have to long for it because only God makes things grow and he makes us grow. We move from the milk to the solids that we read in the passage a few moments ago. So we don't lean into 
the things that the Corinthians were around division and rivalry and jealousy and we don't have this thing that we're lording over others our authority actually comes from laying down our lives for each other in service and availability any other authority is worldly Paul isn't saying of himself and of Apollos that they're insignificant He's not saying they don't matter and that somehow he's got this low self-esteem or he's like self-defeating. He says in verse 5, after all, who is Apollos and who is Paul? We're only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. These guys in Corinthians believed the good news as a result of them. Actually, their role was vital. It's just that their role was put in the right place of just being a servant and laying it all into God's hand with a proper perspective, with a right heart and attitude. The time and the resources and the resolve was laid down and it was surrendered. And if they were going to boast, the only thing they were going to boast about was Jesus because there's nothing compared to him. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 10, we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that the great power is from God, not from ourselves. It's not about us, it's about him, and it's not on our terms, it's on his terms. But we do have individual distinctives to invest, and we need to invest them, and it's hard work. What, what, what is hard work? Well, hard work is costly. Hard work is inconvenient. Hard work requires effort and resilience, and, 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 and. But no single person can sustain you or maintain you or release you or be for you all that you need them to be. So our best route would actually not even be to look for that because we take the journey of discipleship and walk in life out alongside, but we look to Jesus because he's the one who causes us to grow and strengthens us and changes us and sustains us and we do his work and his will and through doing that it nourishes us it feeds us and it frees us i find it fascinating that in this passage in corinthians paul shifts the language from agriculture and seeds and planting then on to architecture and building we see it verse 10 he says because of god's grace to me i've laid the foundation like an expert builder now, others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. And our desire for safety and security can cause us to lean too heavily on one person. Have you ever found that? I get what I need from them. They're my bestie. They're my go-to person. They're always right. And this kind of passage, I think, really helpfully highlights, actually, it takes a village. Some will lay the foundation that others can build on, but we've got to be careful what that foundation is. Some of you have a foundation that has recently been built. I just want to encourage you to consider what and who is building the structure on that foundation. We have to be careful that we're not building on sand, but we're building on rock. And what we build on that rock is gonna be in a place and a posture that can grow and can thrive. 
It's kind of easy, isn't it, to start out in your journey of discipleship with energy and momentum, and then we lose steam and we get a bit worn out and we become a bit lethargic. What and who is discipling you? Is it social media? Is it Netflix? Is it the voice of negativity and criticism? I've said it before, but when someone isn't growing and investing, they start to become frustrated. And frustration leads to cynicism, and cynicism leads to criticism. And that's not the soil in which the Father's going to grow us. If, if that's happening, we've got to identify it. I think we've got to deal with it. We've got to repent of it. And we've got to get going investing again because we work together with the same purpose and we're prepared and ready for the fact that it will be hard work. Not investing is actually really dangerous. Oh, I'm in a, I'm in a season of margin and I just need to sit back for a bit. Or I was, I was doing that, but it was hard work. Or I've done that for a while and I'm just going to ease up for a while. Honestly, if you aren't investing and you aren't investing in what God has invested in you, you're going to find yourself frustrated. And frustration leads to criticism and cynicism. I read, I, I didn't read, I heard recently someone asked uh, Steve Nicholson, many of you will know, Steve is a bit of a legend in, in the vineyard, but they asked him why something was growing and why they were seeing fruit. They said to him, why do you think they're seeing fruit now? To which Steve replied, because they've been showing up faithfully year after year. Paul exhorts us in Galatians 6, 9. He says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't become weary in investing. My best encouragement is just keep showing up. Keep serving, keep investing, keep on, keep on, keep on, and keep on. I know some of you are thinking, well, that's all good, but what do I actually do? Well, we're going to look at some of that another week, but just to give you something for this week, can I, can I say a few things? A lot of who we are and who we're called to be is uncovered in and through relationship. I think that's how our discipleship often works. So in that small group environment, whatever it is, over a long period of time, it's often said, if you don't, if you don't know what to do, serve a leader that does. Can I just say, serve the person in front of you? How can I help? What can I do? How can I take weight off you? That is a really good start and a place to start investing. Also, serving is hard work. I just want you to know that if you don't already know that. Serving is serving. It's not always glamorous. It's not always exciting. It doesn't necessarily need us to weigh it up. Sometimes it's like, uh, I'm just going to pray about whether or not that's right for me to do it. Well, we know we're called to serve. Sometimes we just need to get on with it. I honestly have been significantly shaped. If, if, if you've not lived this way, you might actually think I'm joking by saying this. I'm actually not. I'm deadly serious. I've been significantly shaped through serving by being on teams like car parking and set up teams over many years, teams that go out and serve in the city, wherever it is. It's been a huge part of my discipleship. At times, jolly hard work. At times, significantly inconvenient. But discipling and character forming, without a doubt, and sometimes the grit actually is in the oyster that makes the thing that it is. When you start to be the first person into your workplace, 
in the morning, it makes a difference. When you're the person that does the washing up that nobody else can quite be bothered to do, it makes a difference. It makes a difference to them, but actually it makes a difference to you because serving forms us and it pleases God and it rewards it. Let me kind of just land this and come in to finish. If, if, if God makes us grow, how much are we investing in enabling him to freely and to easily do it? Because it is only God that makes us grow. So there are environments and there's places and spaces and people, I would say, that would cause me to grow. I would therefore also say that there are environments, places and spaces and people that would cause me to do the absolute opposite. So which do we and which are we investing in? And that's going to take a bit of time to intentionally consider it. But I'd say take that time because if you don't choose the path of discipleship, culture will start to choose it for you. So what you listen to, what you spend your time on, all of those things will start to be the things that form you. The things that will move you from milk to solids is knowing that it is God that will make the seed grow and intentionally placing yourself in soil to allow him to do so and allow him to invest in you. And the overflow of that is always an outpouring of investing in somebody else. Why don't we stand together? Just take a few moments to, to, to posture ourselves, to open ourselves to all the Lord might want to do. You might, if you're new in the room, we'd often just close our eyes to remove the distractions. Just want to wait for the Lord. Spirit of God, we welcome you. As disciples of Jesus, um, apprentices of Jesus, we want to be formed into his likeness, right? So let's just all take a moment where we are in our hearts, in our minds, to just reflect on that again. We're either becoming like him or we're not. And as Paul has so helpfully shared, there is a cost to discipleship. But that is the way of Jesus. It cost him everything. It cost Jesus his life. 
It cost the father his son. So, yeah, let's just take a moment to, to reflect on that afresh and decide in our, in our hearts and our lives whether we are willing to pay the price or are we too caught up in counting the cost because we can't have it both ways. Just, just as we as we do that, as the, the Lord takes you into that place, we sang that beautiful song this morning that, that words it so well. I said, "There's a, there's a grace to saying yes." I believe this morning there's an outpouring of grace on a number of you, for the yes in your heart that you're making. The, 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 the we kind of sang it as well. Now for refining, now for repenting. Till my only cry is Jesus. I believe there is a refining and a repenting. But there's also a grace. Spirit of God, we welcome you. Some of you know intentionally there's things you've got to, distractions, hurts and pains, you've got to lay aside to step into the fullness, to allow the grace to come upon you for this. Just feel um, there's there's somebody here. I feel like you've got a, like a uh, it's like a gum disease in the upper part of your mouth. Somebody, I think you've, I think it's your right ankle. I feel like um, potentially even somebody said to you, it it isn't going to be able to bear your weight again in the way that it should. Uh, maybe even somebody medically said that kind of language to you. I just think there's a. Well, the Father always longs to heal us. Um, and there, there is something specifically, a few people have had this, around um, knees. If, if you've got problems with your knees, we'd, we'd love to pray for you. There's a team of people that would love to pray for you this morning. Someone else had a word this morning, um, or a picture, a sense of... Probably quite a number of people in this in this place um, clutching gift cards. Um, they have been given gifts. They have promises um, that they're kind of clutching onto, and um, kind of slightly paralysed in that place, not wanting to spend it or exchange it in case perhaps the gift goes bad. But the encouragement is that the gift card doesn't have an expiry date and neither do the gifts. And we've just got to start spending ourselves. Using the things that God has given us. Using our gifts. And as they they shared that word with me, I was just reminded of how Jesus said that when when we hold on to our lives, we lose it. But when we give up our lives we gain everything we gain life and all its fullness in the way that it was always intended 
So I think there's just an encouragement this morning that we've got to get out of our seats again. We've got to spend ourselves. Let's not count the cost. Yes, there will be cost, but the gain is immeasurably more wonderful. Yeah. So let's do some business with the Lord. If you'd like to receive prayer, if there's anything that you resonate with this morning or you just just feel like actually you just need to come and be prayed for, whatever it's about, why don't you come now? It's quite a good opportunity while everyone's standing just to slip out of your rows. And we'll make space, as we always do, to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us and form us and change us more into his likeness. As, as people are doing that, I really sense there's a grace for a number of you this morning. I sense as well, some of you right now, you've got a, like, it's like your eyelids are um, moving rapidly, even though that might be, it sounds strange, it might be on the inside rather than the outside. You might not be able to see it, but you just know something's going on. I think the Lord's releasing on a number of you vision. It's almost like a symbolic sign or a prompting or a nudging for it. i just drawn as well, it says... Um, says in Isaiah 42 he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle he will bring justice to all who have been wronged some of you this morning you almost feel like your your faith your trust your your ability to respond to the Lord is currently just a flicking candle it's like you feel crushed and broken well my encouragement he will not crush the weakest reed come and be strengthened Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.